everyone. We're back for this wonderful bonus edition of the Pioneer Perspective. We wanted to talk about our experience with our Pioneer Showcase. No, Showdown. Matt, is that right? Showdown. 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 Yeah. Uh, I I play too much Moto. I'm sorry. It's the Pioneer Showdown whatever it it was an event it was on saturday we all played and it was uh four rounds we had four, four rounds, rounds right four rounds right we had a good turnout we had uh 15 players i can tell you exactly how many we had give me one second archive results it, we... was, it was 15 15 yeah. yep okay see alex has the memory matt has the data i have the talking discussion and uh together we uh we all suck so this is our bonus episode. We want to talk about this in, in the previous one, and uh, we can actually do that here. So we're kind of going to go through that and go by round and discuss how we all did. First, we will start with you, Matt. Um, what deck did you play? So I was playing Mono Green. Why did I ask? Mono Green Walkers. Um, it was... At the time, what is now what was the stock list? It's no longer the completely the same, but it's mostly what what it is now. If you go check out MTG Goldfish, so if you want to know what I was playing, just go look at that, and that's a pretty good idea. All right, Alex, were you on Grixis? No, I actually wasn't because <gasps> especially especially on the server after one week, like if you it, it's just a wild west of decks, which tends to be a very bad time to play control. So I thought it made sense to play a bit more of a straightforward strategy. So as I referred to earlier in the cast, I played Black-White Rally the Ancestors Zombies, which relies on, rather than your creatures dying through Zillop or Cutthroat or something, it relies on your creatures entering the battlefield through Wayward Servant and Corpse Knight. So you just resolve a rally and then you get 100 triggers on the stack and your opponent dies, which is kind of like the same thing. But by being zombies, it has a better backup plan of the beatdown. And yeah. I like zombies, so it's cool. Yeah, I like zombies too. And uh, spoiler alert, um, I didn't like zombies against Alex because I played him. And uh, huh. yeah. More specifically, well, you didn't like Diagraph Colossus, but we'll get into that. Yeah. I was on uh, Simic Reclamation because I've been high on this list for a while. Like I said, Aspiring Spike made it. This is the one I ran through the leagues. Um, I mentioned last week that I swapped some stuff around from his list as far as the main deck from three Sublime Epiphany and two Brazen Borrowers around to being three Brazen and uh, two Sublime. Yeah, I'm an idiot for that. I went right back to two Brazen and three Sublime because, oh my god, Sublime Epiphany is so good! But yeah, um, I played that, played some Reclamation, did some things. I was the, the dirty Tron player, basically, right? That's how that works. It's the closest thing to Tron that we have in this format. Wow. Reclamation. Oh, wait, Alex, you like Tron, don't you, in Modern? I don't play Tron. Oh, why are you saying wow? <laughs> no, don't you know the meme? Uh, I think it's on Reddit. It's, it, whenever you see someone mention Tron, it goes, one first comment is wow, the second one is bleep, and the third one is Tron. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's just the, <laughs> I, don't, I don't read it as wow, or what, I don't know. Um, it just I, I'm more familiar as far as magic memes go. I'm I'm a fan of uh turn forty negate. That's a, oh that's and that's spelt with the, the Swedish spelling of negate, right? Well no, it's the, the it's it's against I. it's against uh um what's the treasure maker uh, Nixalon. Yeah, against um 
Revel in riches. Yeah, and yeah, they do the, the, that spelling though. You're right. Negate. But we're getting off topic. Holy crap! Um, played Simic Rec, Aspiring Spike. If you're listening, I love you for making this list. Torrential Gear Hulk and Sublime Epiphany, and doing it again. It makes me happy. It makes me really happy. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. We're gonna go in this wonderful order. We'll go Alex, Matt, and then myself. And uh, obviously the games in which we play each other, because uh, a couple of us did play each other. Three of us? Two matches? It was it was just me. You guys didn't play each other, right? No. All right, so yeah, I played both of them, and uh, we'll kind of have a, a give and take, kind of a little back and forth when we're going through those matches. And uh, yeah, Alex, round one. What'd you play against? I played against Blue Black Mill. So it was like a turbo mill strategy. It was a bit janky, but it's supposed to have like a really good NIF matchup. And my notes are quite short. I'll just read them out. It turns out Rally the Ancestors is really good when your opponent is actively milling you. Two turn four <laughs> wins, GG well played. That just yeah. so I won on I think I actually yeah, I won on turn four two games in a row by casting Rally the Ancestors. That's it. So I'm curious about this mill list. Were they running Frank Sanity? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, which I actually I played a couple more games against him afterwards, and oftentimes I would actually leave it on the battlefield for one or two turns before destroying it because I liked the fact that he was milling me so much. Because he was a very turbo list. It was a bit janky. He didn't have like the right interactions. It was kind of like. Yeah, I know Rally's a deck, and I'm just hoping to dodge it. And I was like, and here I am in round one. Sorry. That sounds like a pretty easy round one. Um, yes. I think by the time the round finished, we had played six games. And then decided <laughs> that it was time to get ready for the next round. That's fair. Um, yeah, nice. So Alex starts off 1-0 uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the tournament. Matt, round one. What'd you go against? I played against a Gruel deck, but it wasn't Gruel aggro. It was sort of Gruel big guys. He was keeping up with me pretty well, at least for one of the games of I would make a big creature and he would respond with another big creature. So we kind of had this stalemate. We ended up actually drawing 1-1. One, one. Uh, we drew on turn, so it was interesting. Uh, not really too much to say other than I took game one pretty fast because he just kept a bad hand, I think, and I just kind of ran him over. And then game two was by far our longest game. Um, we, that was the game where we were just kind of keeping up with each other. I would play a big creature, he would play a bigger creature, and then I would play a bigger creature. And then game three, we didn't really even get into it. We literally started on turn zero. Like, the first turn of the game was turn zero for turns. So, yeah. Yeah, the, those are two decks that are not killing each other that fast. Because if, so... if it's a Gruel Monsters list, it's not trying to kill you on turn three. It's trying to kill you on turn eight. So yeah. you heart mulligan to the Lanawar Elf double, <laughs> double burning, uh, burning tree emissary Nyctos Nissa, and he conceded. Actually, I was having, and I'll get into this in a little when I talk about my other matches. But I was having insanely good Nissa luck. I think I did the math afterwards. I had like Nissa in seventy five percent of my opening hands. So. Nissa was popping up quite a bit for me. Of course, nothing else was popping up for me, as we'll get into it later. But yeah, I was keeping a lot of starting hands simply for the fact that I had Nissa. Well, so we had Alex start out 1-0. and 
Matt starts out this tournament 0-0-1. And uh, yeah, I played against Bant Spirits round one. And I quickly... So I hadn't had this matchup yet in all the leagues I played on Moto and the practice rounds and the, and the uh, practice tournament lobby or whatever on Moto and in the paper uh, on the server have not played against Spirits once. And I... <clears throat> I figured it'd be a tough matchup, but uh, yeah, it was. It was a tough matchup. So I lost 0-2. Game one, I was stuck on three lands about the entire game, and I kept a three-land hand to start, so that felt pretty bad. You fall behind, and then you know the opponent resolves a double Supreme Phantom Coco, so what are you going to do there? And then game two, I had them mold a five after the first two hands each sported one land. So... I mold a five and then I end up flooding and uh, it was a non-match overall. I didn't really get a chance to kind of explore the matchup much because it just, and I'm not one to make excuses. I I just got stomped by it. So it happens. So yeah, I ended up finishing 0 and 1 and uh, spirits kind of sucked. But yeah, moving on to round two, match two, however you want to say it. Alex, what'd you play? Uh, I played against Blue Black Control, and this uh, this matchup was a little bit of a sad story. Ooh. Uh, so game one was just nothing special. I play some zombies. My opponent's trying to figuring out what I am, probably like forgetting Rally the Ancestors is um, a card, or like not realizing that that would be part of the deck. Because at one point he taps out the Hardcaster Shark Typhoon, and I just kill him in response, which. It's kind of the power of the deck, especially if your opponent doesn't exactly know what you're doing. But even if your opponent does, it is kind of what this deck is built to do. Your opponent is at one point like, I'm going to have to tap out for something because otherwise I'm just being pinged to death by all these zombies entering the battlefield. And then you're like, yeah, that's your mistake, buddy. Rally, you're dead. So that was game one. And game two and three were literally um, both went like this. My opponent drops a turn four Kalitas, Trader of Get. I draw for turn to draw a Thoughtseize, just like perfectly on time. And I have a Dark Salvation in my hand with only the possibility of giving Kalitas minus three, minus three, which is not enough to kill him. And then my opponent untaps, kills two of my dudes, makes two zombies, and I lose. And the third, the, so that was game two. Game three is literally the exact same, except instead of passing back to my opponent, I Thoughtseize them and then concede the game because my god, his hand was great. So <laughs> that was over rather quickly. Uh, Kalitas is a really good card against the deck, and it also made me realize that there was no D-Spark in my sideboard, which was 100% a mistake. Like, D-Spark definitely has a place in this sideboard for a lot of the cards it's good against, potentially Leyline, uh, but especially Kalitas, Scarab God, uh, Fires of Invention, um... Wilderness Reclamation, like there are a lot of D-Spark targets, so it should definitely be in this deck sideboard. And that's what I took away from playing this game. I'm disappointed in you. You did not channel your inner Reed Duke and play it out. No, hell no. Like, this this was like a 0.01% because the deck has very little card draw except for Crypt Breaker, and that thing was never resolving. Or never even drawing me a card. So I was like, I can... And that's the problem that the deck does have. If you're not, like, going, you're drawing a bunch of bears. Because if you don't have other zombies to trigger your drainers, they are literally two mana 2-2s. They are just bears with relevant creature types. 
But yeah, Reed Duke would have been disappointed that I didn't play it out. <laughs> Even when it's 0. 0.000 infinite chance, uh, Reed Duke plays it out. He's like, I want you to go through the motions. You have to kill me. I mean, even if he's dead on board, he still has his opponent attack him. Yeah, it's it's great. I, I watched a, uh, actually watched a replay of Shadows of Innistrad, uh Standard. It was hey, the... we watched the same one where he had LSV attack him. For yeah, me. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that a couple nights ago. It was nice. I was like, I want to watch some old Standard. Maybe that'll make me feel better about where Standard's been at the last two years. And I watched it, I'm like, kind of? Kind of make me feel man. better? Go Not much better. Great. But Matt, round two. So I played against 8-Rack. It was a black version of 8-Rack, obviously. Um, and something uh, that I didn't mention in round one, but it applies here too, is that I ended up losing both of my first two rolls to see who goes first for game one. But yet I ended up getting the play for both of them because both of my first two opponents decided they'd rather have the draw. Um, which I found really interesting. I ended up 2 and owing round two. Um, they got a couple of early hits in on me, but once I started putting big creatures on the board, that kind of stopped them from ever swinging into me. And then, yeah, and then I feel there was a slight misplay in game one where he thought seized me on turn one of game one and dumped Karn instead of Nick, which I feel was a misplay. That's probably the right call in certain matchups, but in that matchup, I feel like you really should dump Nissa if you get the chance. I would agree with that. Like, Karn is, you know, a problem. Unless you have the ability to, and you just know you can kill that uh, Nissa pretty easily, or get it out of the hand again. Right. But, I mean, yeah, that, that's, I don't, I don't see why you would take the draw on 8-Whack. Yeah, he took the draw, so did the, um... Roll. Wait, so, let's do because 8-Whack or 8-Rack, was this an aggro deck, or was this a discard deck? This was a this was sort of a weird version. It was mono black, and they they were hitting me, but they were also sort of discarding. Because in discard decks, in in modern eight rack, you also always take the draw. Because if your opponent has to play, they start with fewer cards in hand, so you enable your racks and shrieking afflictions. I think it's called and stuff earlier. So then I guess it kind of makes sense that a gruel yeah, matchup. He... I am very surprised to have my well, two not take the play. He actually, he did cast Shrieking Affliction on me. The problem with that was immediately after he did that, I lost the three life, but then I ulted Nissa Vital Force and then immediately ulted um, Nissa uh, who, who shakes, shakes the, world. the world. So, so I entered 12 lands and then drew 12 cards. So <laughs> my never low after that. So Sick. Sounds like an easy one to me. Yeah. So that was my round two. Pretty easy win. So we have Matt now at 1-0-1. Oh, one. Alex is 1-1. One, one, one. And uh, yeah, round two. I go against Is It Control? And uh, that was probably one of the more fun matches. So game one, neither player really does much of anything besides we both play some cantrips for the first like eight turns. And I play... A single Sinister Sabotage um, to counter, I think it was like a uh, some Planeswalker. It might have been a four-drop to Fairy. Um, and I surveilled, put a Sublime Epiphany into the bin. Then when the Izzet player tapped out to play a Thassa's Intervention on my end step, I flashed in a Gear Hulk targeting the Epiphany, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I scoop. So, cool. Fun game one. 
Uh, game two, I brought in four Nightpack Ambusher, two Shifting Ceratops, and three Mystical Dispute. I was able to get down two Ambushers uh, around turn five and six, and I held up Mystical Disputes to stop any counters. Reclamation hits the board on turn seven. I get a Blast Zone to two counters before he can flip his thing in the ice, and he sees the board state he's going against, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I scoop. So, uh... Definitely not a Reed Duke. No, not at all. And, uh, yeah, this, uh, this deck seems to hose uh, control. Now, of course, is it control is a little bit different. Basically, the idea of his deck is he plays counter spells, he plays is it uh, charm, he plays thing in the ice to get down, and he has cantrips to try and help get him there. So, like, your ops, your sensor, and stuff like that. Well, Grand Sensor doesn't even do it. I don't know, he wasn't playing sensor, was he? Was no, this he the wasn't. Riel deck? It's like a Riel shell. This is run like Ionize for counter magic, so it's more like a yeah, I ran Ionize control style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So counter burn kind of. Yeah, and the idea is he's trying to flip his thing in the ice and then just you know turn the tide that way. And yeah, he can get Riel down sometimes. I don't know if he's still main decking it. He's been on his control the pretty much entire life of Pioneer. But yeah, I uh, I go I'm one on one now. So let's move on to match three. Hey, Alex, who'd you play? Hi, I played you. Yep. Who won? I did in the end. So good times were had. (laughs) Except for after game one, I felt like I was going to get rolled. Like in, in game one, I think I think the only thing that was missing is that you didn't have a growth spiral on turn two. So your reclamation came down on turn four. Yep. And you obviously got your like way too much mana. And I got Sublime Abiphanied, and my creatures got blocked by flying sharks, because that is a thing. And then the Gearhawks were flashed, and my stuff was bounced, and it was pathetic. I felt like I was playing a standard deck in a modern tournament. I was like, <laughs> how am I ever going to win this? <laughs> and then game two and three happened, and I somehow won. And I'm still not exactly sure why. Well, if we look at game two... Um... Slow game, nothing happened game two, and uh, we both kind of just sat there just staring at each other going, land pass, land pass. Um, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Yeah, and this I had deck a few trade that. Yeah, that's the dream. And then like, eventually you're just like, uh, rally. And you've been milling yourself the entire time with uh, suppliers. Yeah, you. Fi- uh, I think you've, you did find an early reclamation, and the first one you got down, I immediately had to fragmentize to get rid of it on yep. my turn. So you never really got anything out of it. And game three was quite similar, and you stumbled a little bit earlier. I land an early Diagraph Colossus, and against removal light matchups, that card is just incredible. Because I think it was like the second spell I cast in the game. So I get a Diagraph Colossus down, and now every time I cast a creature, a zombie, I get another zombie. And you had the scoos down early, and I had little removal left in my deck. So I didn't have a graveyard. I think I got off, like, one rally to bring back three creatures just to, like, draw cards with Cryptbreaker. My my favorite thing, I don't even think you got a, a rally off at all because um, I kept asking you, I'm like, hey, wh- what's in your graveyard again? And you're like, the same oh. murderous oh, yeah. rider. <laughs> yeah. This murderous <laughs> rider is still in here. And I'm like... I'm not gonna. I'm just not gonna get it. I, I'm using my mana for other stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, I what, I, what's that? That wasn't another game. I just didn't get anything off. Yeah. I, I kept. I kept discarding them to Crypt Breaker just to make two two zombies. 
Which, by the way, is a great upside to this rally deck. You can kind of, if there's matchups where you do feel like you can stick your Crypt Breaker, you can kind of over sideboard. Or even though you're expecting Graveyard Hate, you can leave in like one or two more copies of Return to the Ranks or Rally than you normally would. Because you're probably going to get the discard of the Crypt, uh, the Crypt Breaker. So that is a thing I very much enjoy about the deck. And Crypt Breaker is one of like the most fun magic cards to play with. You can do so much stuff with Crypt Breaker. And hopefully Zombies becomes a genuine thing so you can play more Crypt Breaker. Yes. Well, while Alex was uh, beating my ass in with... Uh... With, that, with, with zombie tokens, the majority of the damage I did was with generic zombie tokens. And yeah. might I add that because Brad is such a big fan of Amonkhet, I got out my Amonkhet zombie tokens <laughs> instead of the normal ones that I use. Yeah, which I appreciated very much. Even though it's arguably the worst looking zombie token there is. Hell no. It's fantastic. I don't know. Uh, I have a special kind of, I have a special box for my tokens and I had the Amonkhet zombie like painted on the side of that box to be like this That's is my cool, token though. box and this is like a super cool token. I just wish they went a bit more Egyptian with it I guess. I don't know, it just felt um yeah, it's, it's a little it's decrepit. a little generic in that sense where it's just like oh just give him a lot of like robes so you can't see a lot of zombie. Yeah. Well, yeah, while Alex was doing that to me, Matt, how'd your uh, mastery go? So I got my butt handed to me round three. I played Gruel. I played against Gruel aggro. And it turns out that when you when the aggro deck gets out aggroed, it's just bad. So they played the one goblin. I think it's Goblin Rabble Rouser, Goblin Rabble Master, the one that when it swings or the one that makes uh, Goblin. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Did you just say Rabble Browser? No, Rabble Rouser. Not much better, but continue. They played that card, so they were making goblins to swing in on me. And I was also just having terrible draws. I kept a decent first hand, but once my once my chump blocker started running out, there was just not much I could do. I was just taking a lot of damage and just having bad draw after bad draw. So he got game one. Game two, I got like my ideal turn two. And this is where this was where I won. Because on turn two so I turn one, played a dork. Turn two, I was able to triple cast Burning Tree Emissary and immediately cast Nissa Who Shakes the World turn two, and that was just the end of the game. I won within like two or three turns after that because once Nissa's on the board, there's just not much you can do. Burning Tree Emissary is a fun and balanced magic card sometimes. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Banned in Historic. Um, and then turn three, it was probably the most even, or round three. I should say, was probably the most even game. I was able to put up some blockers early. I was getting decent draws. He was getting draws, but in the end, he just kind of outpaced me. I was trying desperately to find a Voracious Hydra, which was not showing up. So I was able to stick a Nissa. He was swinging at the Nissa. By the way, something, this is just general knowledge, if you're ever playing against Mono Green Planeswalkers, when you see Nissa drop and your opponent is at less than 10 life, don't swing at the Nissa. Swing at them because it's going to take them four turns to ult it. You can have them dead by then. Don't panic. Solid advice. So I dropped a Nissa. He started swinging at that, which allowed me to kind of build up my defense a little bit more. But it's still, I could not find the Voracious Hydra, which is the most obvious win condition in the deck. 
and eventually he just beat me down and I lost. So the moral of the story is gruel good? Yes, gruel good. Gruel or die. Yeah, yeah, gruel smash. Well, we're all doing wonderful in this tournament. Yeah, I I am. At this point, two and one, boys. You're you're two and one. That's right. We're running it back. (laughs) Uh, Okay, match number four. Alex, did you win? Yes. Oh my god, he went three and one. Yes, I did. I played against Is It Emerge, which is a deck that I absolutely love. It's such a fantastic deck. Um, which started off with sort of with a very interesting include. It ran a Stormwing Entity, and that made me think it was Is It Phoenix at first, until he suddenly sacrificed it to an Elder Deep Fiend, and I was like, that's not a card, that's in Phoenix. <laughs> so <laughs> it took me by surprise in that way. And um, the first game was quite funny, because I go turn one Crypt Breaker, and he's like, zombies, I'm not sure, like, trying, he's sort of thinking out loud, trying to make something of it. And um, turn two, I pass, because I had nothing to do except activate Crypt Breaker, and I discard Nantuko Husk. And he's like, oh, I, I, know, I know what you're doing. And turn three, I hard cast an Nantuko Husk. And that card sort of looks unassuming, until, like, one or two turns go back and forth, we sort of start attacking each other, he gets the Elder Deep Fiend in. I think I managed to remove it with a Murderous Rider. And at one point, my hand is, like, barren. I have, I think I have nothing in hand of some zombies in my graveyard. I've got a few lands untapped. And I draw for turn, and I draw return to the ranks. I reanimate. Uh, my opponent's still on 17. I reanimate Corpse Knight and three random zombies, which makes set, uh, sets my opponent to 13. And then I sack... My two zombie tokens I made at the time, and those four zombies, two Nantuko Husk can swing for 14. So my opponent was at 17, and my board was Nantuko Husk and two zombie tokens, and then my opponent died. And we were kind That's of beautiful. both like, wait, this is like, I, I just I was like, oh, I've got nothing, I'll play Return to the Ranks. And he's like, that means I'm dead, right? And I'm sort of doing the math. It's like, yes, you are. <laughs> Next game, I guess. <laughs> And then game game two was um, it was very nice. It was another sort of win off the back of Diagraph Colossus because my graveyard was under siege, as it always is in every game, which makes sense. And at one point, so obviously it's an emerge deck, and I actually forgot the name of the card, but I was like, oh, there is this sweeper that does two damage at instant speed. Kozilek's uh, Return, for those with better memory than I do. So I have four mana, and my graveyard is at least zombie-less. And I have a Stitcher Supplier and a Diagraph Colossus. And the sort of obvious play is to play the Diagraph Colossus and then play the Stitcher Supplier because it gives you an extra zombie. But instead, I play the Stitcher Supplier first that mills a zombie, which means my Diagraph Colossus enters as a 3-3. And so it enters as a 3-3. My opponent on end step sweeps the board with Kozilek's return, but therefore the Diagraph Colossus survived. And next turn, by swinging like two or three zombies, I could rebuild my board, which forced him to then use the Kozilex return that's like flashed back because I managed to build a board off of that Diagraph Colossus. And then I managed to build a board again. And now he didn't have a sweeper anymore. So that made me feel really good about my sequencing because I'm usually absolutely terrible at that. 
maybe get one of those big brain moments. It's like, yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you were coming off the high of the Nantuko Husk one shot, so you're like, nothing can stop me. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, if that no, nothing's gonna hold me back from uh, from going this three one. You're like and, yeah, Bradley so... Cooper and Limitless using 100% of your brain. <laughs> Except Nantuka Husk is the pill. Please never, never refer to that pseudoscience again. It is so stupid. I know, but I love that movie. If you would use 10% of your brain at all time, you would not be able to record a podcast. Well, well you'd be surprised. I've heard a few uh, bad podcasts. <laughs> no, so I ended up 2 owing that, uh, pulling it back right at the end with a rally because um, my opponent had, in the end, it wouldn't have, uh, yeah, it would have mattered, actually. So my opponent tries to get in an Elder Deep Fiend and with one blue mana open, and he blew me out before with a Stubborn Denial. But because he had to sack his Bone Crusher Giant, which is a four-power creature, he had to sack it in order to put the Elder Deep Fiend on the stack. So there is a window where he doesn't have a four-power creature on the field. And in that window, I could resolve a Rally the Ancestors, and he wouldn't have the Ferocious. So I ended up... uh, I'm not sure. Actually, he might have had to sacrifice a Phoenix, like Flamekin Phoenix. Then he didn't have Ferocious at any point. But at least I I managed to find the window where he could, like, absolutely not have um, Ferocious in any way, and that's where I managed to get in the Rally. I gotcha. But I, I don't think it would have I think he could have counted it, and I would have probably still won the game because it was. I top decked a uh, Diagraph Colossus later, and because my Grave Ripper stocked, it enters as like a 9 9. So it set up quite a nasty clock. Well, overall, Alex seemed to have a good tournament. Yes, I really enjoyed the deck. Uh, it was also a nice learning experience to see some gaps in it and some different lines I could have taken, and then like having D Spark in the sideboard. So I, f- I felt like my pick was pretty all right. I'm, I was quite pleased with how the deck performed. Good. Good to hear. Matt, who'd you play on, in the uh, last round of this wonderful tournament? I played the one and only Brad. Spoiler. I lost. Yeah, I lost to both of these very, boys. It was very close. Yeah. Um, I, have it, I actually have it written down. Uh, so match four, obviously... I'm going against Mono Green Devotion slash Walkers, whatever you want to go with. Ends up being a 1-2 in favor of Matt. Game one, you get off to a pretty slow start. You play a lot of dorks, but you have nothing to really do anything with all the mana. I get a Wilderness Reclamation down. I counter everything that you draw into, and then I just make sharks, and then I I beat you down. Um, Game two, you had a super fast start, and then you got all your dorks down again, but this time... You had stuff to do. You had double uh, Burning Tree Emissary on turn two. Not enough interaction as we've fallen too far behind, and you just beat me down. Um, Game three, it's very even. We're going back and forth. Um, I'm bouncing some of your stuff. I'm trying to hit you some stuff with with uh, Aether Gust, and I countered a few things. Eventually, you went wide enough, and uh, you had a large Voracious Hydra as we enter turns. Going into my last turn, I was scrying with Vantress, and uh, this is turn four before you have your last turn, Matt, to go into turn five. And I scry, and I'm like, okay, I need a bounce spell to possibly win because I need to get rid of this Voracious Hydra. Um, on top was a Shark Typhoon. Now, I could have kept the Shark Typhoon on top and then just been like, 
on your turn, I just basically I play for the tie because I just flash in uh, essentially flash in a shark and then block and then we're fine. I don't die. So we tie. Instead, I'm like, I need bounce spell. So I scry to the bottom. I draw a land. I lose. Sad times commence. But yeah. Uh, definitely someone, pull a up, good match. someone pull up the Simon and Garfunkel song. <laughs> My game won. So another tip for people playing mono green planeswalkers. If you don't have if you have a ton of mana and nothing to do with it, you're not playing the deck correctly. You you Mono Green is one of those decks where you want to be tapping all of your mana every single turn. You don't want because you don't have interaction. There's there are zero instants in the deck, so there's nothing you're ever gonna do on your opponent's turn. So you don't want to leave open mana. So I mold my seven hand down to six, and when I drew my six, I had in my hand, I remember this clearly because I almost laughed, I had four dorks and two lands. And I was like, well, this isn't a great hand. But I could draw into something. Maybe I draw an Oath of Nyssa, use that to find a Planeswalker. Maybe I just draw a Planeswalker. And I don't want to go down to five. So I guess if I ever do draw something that needs a lot of mana, I have to back it up. So I kept it greedily. And yeah, Brad just ran me over. But don't worry. Uh, I ended up losing anyway. So the story has a happy ending for Matt. Yeah. Game two was all about Matt. To put it lightly, I I had a really good opening hand. It wasn't quite as good as my game two for round three, but I, I think I double cast Burning Tree Emissary, which is always good. And then I used the Floating Green to cast an Oath of Nyssa, which found me my Nyssa. So, yeah, can't complain about that. And then game three was, as Brad said, it was very even. We just kept going back and forth. I'd play my Hydra. He'd bounce my Hydra. I'd play it again. He'd bounce it again. And then, yeah, eventually I just was able to stick a Hydra and stick a Nyssa, and then it, we went to turns. I knew I could win if he did not top deck a Shark Typhoon. I knew that Shark Typhoon was going to be the thing that killed me, or an Aether Gust. now that I think about it, an Aether Gust could... Aether Gust was what I was looking for to try and get yeah. the win on my turn. So, when he scried, I didn't know that he sent a Shark Typhoon to the bottom, so when I didn't see it appear, I was very happy that that didn't happen so yeah i ended up going two one and one for the day which is not my best showing with this deck but i'll take it for those of you uh keeping track at home i went one and three uh not great the like i said spirits game was already a bad matchup and i just drew horribly it happens that's what this game is about it's variance you can't get too upset about it it's how the game works um and then you know just had even pretty close games with both Alex and Matt and uh, just you stumble enough and your opponent doesn't, or just you go to turns. Uh, it, it happens, but overall I had a lot of fun. I, I had a blast playing the tournament and Combi um, combined. We all went six, five and one. So we made a slightly above average magic player with our powers combined. I'm sorry that I pulled you guys down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so before we end, closing thoughts, Alex, Matt, we'll start with Matt, go in the reverse order. How do you feel overall about your deck in this meta? And how do you feel overall about your play with the deck? And how much do you have left to learn? Well, 
we didn't go into all of the tournaments that have been played. Uh, I will just quickly say that my deck is performing very well. I currently we have a running leaderboard, and I am currently top of the leaderboard with Mono Green Walker, so that does say something. I think overall, it has its good matchups, it has its bad matchups. The thing I love about this deck is that it's completely fair because it does have a lot of power to it, but there's also cards in every color that can just shut it down very quickly. So I love the deck. I love playing it. I'm going to be playing it for a while. I hope to stay on top of the leaderboard. I got another month before the reset, so we'll see. Uh, so, yeah. Alex, your deck? Yeah, overall, I was uh, I was fairly pleased with the deck. Uh, I don't think it's like a top meta contender. It's just a fun deck. Uh, it's quite enjoyable. It has some very interesting lines. It felt like a good pick in the set. I, I was happy with the pick compared to playing Control because it's a bit of a straightforward deck, so it's better to play into sort of an open field, especially as I pointed out earlier that it can be a bit of a Wild West on the server, which is kind of the appeal where people bring more pet decks. It feels almost more like, in that sense, a league, right? Rather than like a tournament where more people play decks that they just want to play. So it felt good into an open uh, open meta. I think I took most of the times where I had to make a decision, like between an A and a B, I felt like I picked the correct decision. So I was happy with my play. Um, and Matt talking about the leaderboard, I, I wish I could contest it, but this is where I get very sad about being European uh, because a lot of the tournaments we play here are US-based. As a European, there are plenty of matches to play, but it can be tricky to get into tournaments. So I hope if our podcast, the people listening, get more Europeans to the server, that we can actually start firing tournaments at more European times, which would be fantastic. Yeah, we definitely want that uh, diversity available in the uh, in the server. And we would love to have more tournaments fire and more contesting. And we'd probably actually have to have a separate leaderboard, I would imagine, I guess to make it less convoluted. Yeah, so you don't get people playing in both or something. Yeah, if if we get a European tournament started, we will definitely be doing a separate leaderboard for that. Or we will say you can only play in one per day, so that that way you're not playing in both to double your points. We'll figure it out. We're very open to having a, a European sort of schedule. And uh, overall, with my deck... Even though I went one and three, it's not the deck's fault. It's uh, it's my fault. I mean, spirits. It was the deck's fault. I'm not gonna lie, but whatever. I I made some bad plays. Didn't draw that well or whatever. It it just wasn't the best day for the deck. I have since been playtesting with the deck. Still, I've splashed red to go into teamer just so I can main deck expansion explosion and have a little bit more options in the sideboard. I've had pretty good success thus far going in that direction. I am not going 100% into the teamer side of things, like in standard, where it's just all in focus on that. Rather, you know, I still want to play the Torrential Gear Hulk Sublime Epiphany combo and just have the option of having that main deck removal, basically, and the uh, the one-shot kill potential. But yeah, the deck feels good. Feels great. Definitely going to be around in this uh, in this new meta. I think it's going to be one of the top decks. And uh, yeah, that will 
wrap it up for this wonderful bonus edition of the pioneer perspective the official discord wait no the official podcast yes that's the name of the ntg at home discord server and for those of you who took the time to listen to this bonus episode i do have a little special teaser we're very excited in our next week's episode to have a wonderful special guest with us one in particular that matt is extremely excited to talk to and listen to and we hope you join us for that as well. I won't get into too much more of it because I want to maintain a little bit of the surprise, but we're extremely excited. And uh, again, we're so grateful to have you guys listening and uh, we appreciate all the feedback and support. And uh, yeah, that's it for us. Thanks guys. Thank you all for listening. See you guys. See you later. <laughs>